The network marketing industry has changed dramatically in the last decade. With the advent of social media, digital marketing, the rise of the influencer, and all the tech platforms that promise something extraordinary, how do you separate the helpful from the hype? Welcome to Beyond the Network Marketing Dream, where authenticity and relationships, simplicity and duplication are at the core of everything we focus on. The fundamentals of building still work. Join us as we go Beyond the Network Marketing Dream. Hello, and today I am with Angelica Gardner. And Angelica, I am excited about this conversation. Just chatting with you briefly, talking about your reading up on your background. I think you've had some personal experiences that the listeners are going to get a lot out of. So excited to have you with us. Awesome. I'm so pumped to be here. Thanks for having me, Patrick. We deal with the podcast really focuses on top leaders and enterprise MLM organizations that are looking for fast growth. And there's so many changes going on in the industry today. It's almost hard to keep pace with. And I've seen from reading your story, you've seen both sides of this. You've been in the industry how long now? About seven years? 11. 11 years. And you've done really well, built a great business. And Talk to us about the changes you're seeing just to get the conversation started around digital marketing versus network marketing, the relationship side of it versus what are you seeing out there right now? Yes. Okay. So we call it old school, Patrick, old school way, belly, belly, doing the Starbucks meetings, writing out the comp plan on a napkin, having hotel meetings every two weeks and in home parties. That's how I learned this business. I learned this business by latching on to my upline and sitting at appointment after appointment after appointment. Now, that really isn't very realistic for most people. I was able to do that because I wasn't married. I didn't have kids. I ran a personal training business so I could work around those times. And for the average person, especially the average person in network marketing, which tends to be young families, that's just not plausible. The industry has navigated towards being in this online space, especially when COVID hit, companies that weren't savvy to online had to figure it out. Then we had this big push to do everything online. And with my previous company, I did run everything previously online. I still run the bulk of my business online. But what I realized through that process is that you just can't completely eliminate the human connection. And have you had guests on here talk about the ATM system? Yeah, tag message. Uh, yeah, I don't know specifically. Go ahead. So ATM is a way to offer third-party credibility without setting an appointment. And it's a great way to move a lot of people through to go watch a video or read a testimonial. So it gets things moving, but it doesn't create a long-term connection or relationship. Mm-hmm. So I started seeing a disconnect there. And I've seen both sides work. I utilize both sides. Moving forward, I recently launched with a brand new business and... I still use attraction marketing. I'm showing up on the social. I'm teaching how to personal brand, all those things, yes. But I'm also having people, some women in my living room in a couple of weeks. And I'm also going to the chamber and meeting new people. Mm -hmm. Like I still am meeting humans in person. Does that make sense? Totally makes sense. And one of the things you like with that tag message on Facebook, one is we don't know when their rules change. And two is... A lot of times, how do you deal with the fact that they are selling advertising to your nearest competitor based on the interest that you created, even within your direct messages? 
we think that's private and it's free and it's not. So how do you coach people to use social, but don't be used by it? How do you blend that? It comes back to relationship. And so it's getting in the inbox as soon as possible, connecting with that person and establishing something beyond a single sale is huge. But the truth is when it comes to online, nothing lasts forever. We've seen Facebook transition so Mm. much. We've seen Instagram. I don't know that it's ever going to really come back from where it's gone at this point. It used to be a very organic feel and it's lost that. And so it goes for creators like me, we go, man, I don't even know where the best use of my time is anymore. Cause is anybody even seeing my posts? Exactly. People confuse activity with productivity. Yes. And then talk to me about that. You said something interesting and I read something you were talking about digital marketers and that concept of what works doesn't duplicate. And mm-hmm. you see these digital marketers come in and the networker gets so excited sometimes, but it's not always what it looks like. And you're talking about that really influential person, the influencer. Mm-hmm. So we see the mom bloggers and the fashion bloggers and all that, and they can really when they fall in love with a product that happens to be distributed through direct sales, they've really hit the jackpot in terms of a way to get paid on the lifetime value of their customer. It's great for them. However, most influencers, it's just, it's one bucket. Like they're very focused on lots of different ways. They're monetizing with a new product every day. They don't generally really grasp the true beauty of network marketing. They haven't heard the stories of the average person who's overcome something great to build this income stream. It's more of just a product grab for them. And that's fine. Everyone's just monetizing how they're meant to. But I do think it loses some of the essence of network marketing and what this is designed to be. You focused some of your activity and your business on elevating women financially. What are, for the leader that wants to tap into that powerful network of women that want to grow a business, talk to us about the needs, the desires, the wants, the time, the space. What do you have to do to really tap into that network? Or do you just need to be a woman who's in that space who really wants to have an impact to be able to influence there? or Maybe if you're not, maybe if you're that that dude and he wants to recruit powerful women that can build a great organization, what advice do you have there for individuals and organizations? It's getting in the room, both physically and online. So in the online space, you're creating content that's speaking to the pain points that she will clue into and that she'll go, oh my gosh, he knows what I feel like. She knows what I feel like. And also getting in the room physically, going to events, meeting people, getting on an airplane. I just went to an event last month in Arizona, and I had two women on my podcast today that I met face-to-face. That art of connection and just having this very long-term, lifelong mindset that you're meeting people, that you can serve, that you can support, and vice versa. In terms of speaking to them, most women, they want a sense of purpose. They want a sense Mm -hmm. of security. Security is very big to them. Sometimes we think people want to make more money to live the fast and rich lifestyle. No one's going to turn down a private jet, but most people, that's not what they're after. They're after a sense of calm in their finances. They want to ease some financial burden. They want to take the burden off their husband a little bit. They want to shop without asking permission. That's what most women want. And so it's just speaking to that need and that pain point. Really identifying their purpose. And it is funny how often companies feel the need to sell the rich and the famous lifestyle when it's not, I don't think the average person is after today. Sometimes I even, I share my vision with people. My vision has always been to be a seven income earner. 
And most people that blows their eyebrows off. That's not super relatable, but at the same time, I don't want to tone down my message just to be relatable. I got to be true to myself. And that is true for me. But most people that come into network marketing, at least that's who I spend the most time talking to, they want to make an extra three grand a month or even mm-hmm. any extra money. A lot of times people, when I ask them like, how much would make a difference? Like anything would make a difference. Yeah. But that three to five grand a month, that would replace a handful of certain professions and incomes where people can make decisions a lot differently in their life. So one of the patterns that we're seeing is that I just came back from a big event myself, spoke at this networker training event, and there were a couple people that got on stage and they talked a lot about you've got to build your own brand. And One particular gal had recruited a lot of people. Like in, in my lifetime, I don't know if I've recruited 500 people, but I built hundreds of thousands in the organization. This gal had recruited over 2,000 people And she's talking about how to become a social influencer. Basically, you have to build your brand online. And she's going through her training and everybody's taking screenshots of all this stuff. And literally, I'm like, how would the average person possibly bridge that? Like, they just can't do that. And if that's what's required. So my question to you is, in this digital world, how do you maintain the simplicity, the duplication, the part-time atmosphere that is necessary for the average person to get to a place where they can invest 20 hours a week. They don't usually start that way. How do you bridge that? Yeah. I think about my sister. Okay. My sister in 11 years only finally showed interest in joining me in my new venture. She's a mom of four, just had her fourth baby, no experience with network marketing, not a huge social media presence. She's only on Facebook. All right. So I look at her and previously I would have been like, what are we going to do? Because I previously, I only relied on social media. Now I'm really taking some of the old with some of the new so that I can genuinely help people. And it does come back to some basics. You got to know your story. You got to share it with everybody that you meet and share it in ways on social media. You don't have to build a monumental personal brand to make a full-time income with this. You don't. Give me two or three. I don't want to slow you down. I want you to keep that thought. But also tell me, like, what are two or three, when you say personal story, I want people to understand. I know what you mean. But what do you mean by personal story in its simplest form? When someone goes, hey, what's new with you? How you been? You know how to say, hey, I'm actually really pumped. I recently started a new business with XYZ. Have you ever heard of it? Have you ever tried this type of product? Hey, let me show you this product I have. It's working it into conversations. And having just your go-to story for both the products and or business, knowing how to share what you're doing. That would be like, I was just struggling with having enough time, spending time with the kids. It was getting frustrated. I was looking at doing some extra work outside the house, but then I'm like, now I'm giving up on the kids. And so I found an alternative. I'm pretty excited about it. It really is helping me solve that problem. That's a personal story, right? And everybody's got to come up with their own. Yeah. And everyone has one. So that's just part of the basic foundation. So I told my sister, I'm like, Hey, we do need to get good at a few things. You need to understand how to, this not to confuse, but you need to know how to use your stories on Facebook and Instagram and like your stories, which is a medium of getting your content out. And you need to be posting about this. People need to know what you're doing. That's more of the passive way. That's more the, Hey, come to me. If you're curious, we also need to start having conversations with people in the inbox, start responding to people's stories, start engaging with people. And that's just the social media part. But here's a thing that 
people really need to grasp. If you can link up with your mentor in a way where you are in communication, talking every day, I am there to support everyone on my downline. Everyone. I don't care where they're at in my business. I'm not Oh, partially because of the compensation plan I'm with. There is no cutoff in depth. I like that because I just keep digging down and working with people. What keeps this duplicatable is, hey, bring them in and bring in into third-party credibility. So it's getting that third-party credibility is huge. I've spent so much time teaching personal brand, helping my team understand personal brand. And I realized that most people, they just aren't going to do, they aren't going to step into that. I can't be like, oh, to build your network marketing business, you need to launch a podcast and you need to write a book and start an email list and have this great niche on Instagram. Average person going to do that. And so I've had to get very basic, honestly. And what is the basics of what we do? We sell product, we recruit for a business, we share our story to generate interest and we get better and better at it. Really Mm -hmm. at its most basic level. When you're talking about that third-party credibility in today's world, in this big social world, what is back in the day was you set up a three-way call and you edify your leadership. The leadership gets onto a call. When you think about the primary methods in which you're establishing or you want your team to establish third-party credibility with you, what are those methods, strategies? Again, I keep everything really simple. Because most people building their business, they already have enough going on in life. And so I tell every single person, put them in a three-way chat with me. I love three-way chats. I can respond when I want to. People can see if I've read the message or not. And it's nothing like the time demand used to be of three-way calls. I put in my work there. (laughs) Many, many, many hours of my life. But a three-way chat, I pop in, answer with a quick voice text, and we move it along. It also edifies the person as well because even if they aren't building a personal brand, I've been dedicated to my personal brand for many years. And so it edifies them to be synced up with a professional in this industry. And do you tend to lean towards whatever methodologies they use? You don't care whether that's Facebook or I don't even know if there's three-way chat on Facebook, but WhatsApp, text messaging, it doesn't matter. Well, we almost always keep it on social, Facebook or Instagram. Okay. And is that more just driven by the nature audience that you talk to? Most of them tend to be on Facebook or Instagram. Yes. Now, it's really however my teammate is communicating with them. I say, hey, if your chat's already going on Facebook, let's keep it there. If you've been texting with a friend, start a three-way text. So I have them keep the communication based on how they've already been communicating with their prospect. Angelica, are you creating any tools? You see some really powerful platforms out there. They tend to be one-to-many is the problem. They're good for digital marketers and a one-to-many approach, but like surveys can be so powerful. We had a gentleman that generated like 1,200 leads in four months just posting a survey to social that was really discovery-based, problem-aware, not solution or product. It wasn't leading, but you're not going to send people to SurveyMonkey and try to get them all to sign up. Capture pages, email campaigns. There's some great tools. Do you Are you doing anything to provide tools to your team to solve some of that lift for them? Or how do you manage some of that? Just the nature of the compensation plan I'm aligned with. Any recruiting I do is going to benefit the team. Yeah. I focus on my production. And so, yes, like I have offered a free quiz to build my email list. I know that the more leads I'm getting in front of, the better the odds. And so 
I keep my focus that I haven't created any tools specific to my team. With my previous company, we were so focused on influencers and people just sharing this idea of just sharing product instead of building a team. And so I created an entire lead page, had a professional videographer come in and had a full opt-in page for influencers or micro influencers. And it was around that time that I started going, what am I doing? I'm trying to create all these special ways to generate business. And not that you shouldn't be creative in business. That's important. But ultimately, we need to keep it simple. Because it was impossible for your team to do all those things. Yeah, because what I realized is that no one on my team is going to go message influencers. Yeah. I thought maybe if they were hungry enough, they would like me, like, I don't mind. I'll get in anyone's inbox. But it's almost like when you do cold market versus warm market, your cold market it's so much more rejection. You have no relationship. I think it's coming back. It's exciting to see too. We've gotten through this COVID era and all these people that have tried influencers and they've seen the flash in the pan and you're doing a lot of podcasts. I am, you're talking to different leaders and you're almost getting a sense that people are starting to understand it's about the relationship again. It's about building culture and team. And I think not to get long-winded here, but I almost think it almost did a real disservice because some of the companies started to get the idea falsely that this influencer thing could work. Maybe we'll just sell direct. And then they started going, oh my gosh, what are we doing? The whole point of network marketing was the people. And now we're trying to take the people out of it. And that's not very sticky. What companies, I've been a part of a company that pitched very heavily that, hey, you can make good income without building a team at all. And while that's cool, I mean, it basically turning it into affiliate marketing, right? that's fine, but it really loses that personal growth, that leadership and that culture. That's it. And that's that's the stickiness. That's what keeps people around for 10 years. That's so nuanced though. I just don't think it's one of those hard things to clearly explain to companies or leaders or consultants that are coming into these companies and they're trying to teach them how they can become retail superstars. That's what you wanted. Then why are you in networking, which is so powerful, but it's about the people. You're on point there. And it's often hard to, I don't know why, I think seeing so much social digital marketing that somehow sometimes they forget who they are. It's the shiny excitement, right? Because all three companies I've been a part of, there's always been like some like TikTok superstar, Instagram superstar years ago. You know, like, man, how are they putting up these type of numbers? And it tends to be like really good run, but it's nothing really long lasting. Yeah. Unless they commit to the process and really get into what makes network marketing what it is. I've almost seen a crazy pattern out there. And it doesn't last, but it's these digital marketers that come along, they find a top leader, they sell them a program to run digital marketing, pay-click ads and such to generate a lot of sales. And what the leader is doing is he's leveraging all the dynamics of the organization that are on social. There's a lot of traffic being driven by the organization. So then one person comes in pays for advertising, sells the product direct. The company gets mad at them. First, they love them. They're like, oh my God, you're selling $150,000 worth of product a month off the backs of the traffic the organization created. 
Then the company turns around and gets mad and says, well, we could do some of this ourselves. Then the company does it. And now the field's mad at them because you're selling against the field. Yeah. They don't see this pattern that they're creating. One, by rewarding the field leader who did it, then realizing they can't do that because everybody else is mad. And the field leader is using marketing techniques the company could have used. Then the company does it. Then the field's mad at them. And you just go, man, you couldn't see this coming. And you can't violate the trust of the organization. That field to corporate relationship is really huge. And when you get with a corporate team who understands the field, who's been in the field, they make decisions differently. And who is the customer? Who do you think the customer of the company is? Who's their customer? It's a distributor, I think. Yeah. And a lot of people don't, I don't think they understand that. That's so true. Obviously, you just got such a keen insight on the industry. You're helping a lot of women out there become financially free. I think you've got a podcast going too. Can you tell us about it? Yeah, my podcast is called She Makes Bank. We talk about getting rich and building generational (laughs) wealth. I love it. That is awesome. All right. How would people reach out to you, Angelica, if they want to connect with you? How do they get a hold of you? You guys can find me at angelicagarner.com. I'm also on Instagram and TikTok at mankbankwithange. And on my TikTok right now, actually, I have a vlog where I'm really showing the behind the scenes of launching a brand new business again. So what I'm doing, what's the actual work I'm doing to build a brand new team with a new company? That's exciting. Thanks so much for being on. Really enjoyed it. Thanks, Patrick. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Network Marketing Dream with Patrick Shaw. For more insights on building a solid networking business, visit our website at rapidfunnel.com MLM. If you loved our content, please share, like, and subscribe. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode.